0: Bill Real here, Mormon Discussion Podcast, and I thought I would just share a little five-minute lesson on how rational thinking works. You see, I've always said that to be a rational thinker, you have to always take the conclusion that has the least amount of conjecture needed and the least amount of allowances needed. And if you take a conclusion that is anything but the one that requires the least amount of conjecture and allowances, you're being irrational. So yesterday, me and my wife, we went bowling. We're on our way back home and I'm at a stoplight. There's a car behind me that's pretty close to me. It was November 4th, 2022. And I hear in the back seat of my car is what it sounds like is a popping noise. And uh, I couldn't tell what it was. And I ran through my head thinking to myself, what's the most rational answer for what that is? And it's the thing that all of us do with our brains. We go, what is the thing that would explain this that is the most likely? Our brain naturally does that with things that don't matter. Again, I get it. Sometimes we wake up in the middle of the night, we hear a noise, we're like, oh, it's gotta be a guy in the house, right? Our brains certainly do system one and system two. System one being lizard brain, fight or flight. System two being the frontal cortex where, We are uh, much more likely to be logical, rational, uh, be more calm and trying to make an intuitive decision about what's going on around us. And as I'm sitting there in my car and I hear this popping noise in my back seat, two answers come to mind. One is that somebody has sort of bumped into me and I look back and the car is kind of close, but I don't think that's what's happened and the other thing i thought was maybe that's my brakes making noise and i asked my wife i said what do you think that is she goes i think it's your brakes and you see the fact that i had my foot on the brake for the most part all the way down but far enough down that i'm not moving but i thought maybe i had it off the brake just enough that uh that it was making some noise that the 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 brake pad is against my my rotor or against my brakes And there's still just a little bit of movement there. And hence, I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, I don't think the person's bumped into me, but that's possible. But I don't think so. I said, the brakes making noise is probably the most rational conclusion. And so in my head, I thought that must be it. Light turns green. I start to go. Now, if I would have said something like, uh, there is a leprechaun underneath my car who's banging on something. You and I both know that that's absurd, and we go, "Why is that absurd?" Well, because it is in our brain. Our brain recognizes it is the conclusion that would require so many allowances and so much conjecture that it's just absurd. Um, I could have come up with something like, "Hey, there's somebody standing near my car, but he's he's down low and he's tinkering with something." And, you know, that's possible wouldn't be the first time in the world that somebody came up to somebody else's car doing some sort of physical contact or damage with it. And you just couldn't see them from your point of view inside your vehicle. But your brain also recognizes that is highly unlikely and irrational to jump to that conclusion. So I, in my head, I thought it's got to be my brakes. I don't think it was a guy bumping into me. I'm pretty confident in that. I didn't even get out of my car to look because I was trusting that enough. And the noise continued. I couldn't figure out what it was. So I pull away from the light and I start driving down the road and about, um, I don't know, 500 yards, 1,000 yards, something, quarter mile down the road, a uh, half mile maybe even. And suddenly there's somebody setting off serious fireworks in the parking lot of this plaza that we drove by. Soon as I saw the fireworks, again, a new piece of information came in. Soon as I saw the fireworks going off, I looked at my wife and I said, that's the most rational explanation for why we heard a popping noise in the back of the car when we were at that light back there. And she said, you got it. And I said, you see how that works? I can't go with fireworks before I know there's fireworks, that would be irrational. There's, unless it's July 4th or Pioneer Day or some other reason that fireworks seems like a reasonable thing that could be happening. But it's November 4th, and in my mind, I, I again, you could also be messaging me when you see this video, and you could say, Bill, November 4th is, and then you can name the holiday, and I'll look it up, and I'll go, oh, like, there's more information. But until new information comes in, you can't choose to pretend that there is new information. And and if you knew it someday, it would explain what happened. That's irrational. You can't do that. You can't go, hey, I know right now it doesn't look like a leprechaun was under the car. But I'm telling you someday we're going to discover that leprechauns are real. And then you'll have an explanation for what made the popping noise at your car. In the same vein, if I am uh, sitting at the light and I go, you know what? I bet about a half mile down the road, we're going to see somebody lighting off fireworks. That would also be irrational because the noise in the back wasn't crystal clear that that's what it was. And for me to make the assumption that there must be fireworks without me actually seeing that there are fireworks going on, that there are actually fireworks going off, would be absurd. It's, 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 uh, creating evidence that doesn't exist in order to give yourself an answer that you want now if you sense that when new information comes in you are then permitted to change your mind soon as i saw the fireworks i knew that was the most rational explanation it required the least amount of conjecture in the least amount of allowances so there's this game in religion and specifically in Mormonism, that when uh, apologists are confronted time and time again with problems where the solution that requires the least amount of conjecture and the least amount of allowances is simply that the church is not what it claims to be. Apologists have no problem going ahead and telling you that there will be evidence at some future day that will come forward and then we'll be justified in the belief that we currently hold. If you wanna see this in action, go back to an early Mormonism Live episode where we had Kwaku L in studio and listen to him talk about rational thinking. And what he tried to do was say, look, Bill, there are lots of times where when we are discussing some phenomenon in the world, the universe, in history, in mathematics, there's times where the most rational answer ends up not being the right answer. Hence, Quaku made the argument that he feels perfectly comfortable on the front end, without the new information coming forward, going ahead and basing his conclusion that it will come forward at some future point. Um, in fact, so that... That was a, just a little pre-recorded piece I messed up and I needed to to cut it in so that I could start picking up where I left off. And I was going to say, in fact, we can actually watch that live. And so I'm going to add that to the stream now and uh, we'll put this uh, up so that you can hear several minutes of this uh, conversation. Second, so, so I've I've had those kinds of experiences too, like ones that I would call like deeply miraculous and they... Found my testimony to Mormonism at the time. When I say rational, what I mean is that if we're given the list of explanations for why a certain event occurs the way it does, whatever answer requires the least amount of conjecture, the least amount of allowances, the answer that is the like, okay, uh, there's a noise in the kitchen. It could be an alien or it could be my pet cat. Pet cat is the most rational Conclusion, because believing in an alien requires more allowances and more conjecture to make that work. And what I'm saying is that if somebody believes deeply in Mormonism, they've had miraculous experiences, they their testimony is all in. But in reading all of this stuff, slowly they realize that other people and other religions also have miraculous experiences. And um as they're searching through all these issues, they come up with more rational answers. Again, the answer that requires the least amount of conjecture in their mind. Do you? Ma- w- I'm just kind of asking. Do you make space for people to leave this church honestly, and not to, not to, not to have just been lazy or or wanted to eat Chick Fil A, but to have really spent deep emotional energy trying to deconstruct this thing and to look at like what's real and what isn't and really took that search seriously and now we're on the outside of the church.
1: Yeah, I mean probably 50% of my friends are either inactive or ex-members. Yeah. So to me it's it's if you if you find yourself not believing in it then you just, you know, you just don't believe in it and maybe one day you decide to believe and come back and if you don't then you know that's just your life. Um my, I'm not going to judge someone um and, and base their humanity on whether or not we have the same theology—that um, doesn't make sense. That's not how civilizations work. You can't have a society that's going to function that way. But I will say on the on the note about um, it being, you know, uh, about what seems more rational, I I don't know if I'm convinced that what's more rational has to be what's more true. And I'm going to give a wild example real quick. But when I was in high school. The first time I, I I went down the YouTube rabbit hole, not related to the church, and I started reading things about how the hedge fund manager um, was hanging out with celebrities on a small island and stealing children and trafficking them on a small island, and everyone said that's nuts. And a couple years later, a wacko goes into a pizza shop and shoots it up trying to find the kids. Couple years goes by, we figure out of that whole theory and conspiracy. The meat of it, which was written off to be something the most insane, improbable, statistically untrue, and least rational thing possible, it turned out to be that Jeffrey Epstein was actually doing those things. And involved in that was Bill Clinton and one of the princes and all of these weird things. And so I think when it gets down to it, a lot of times the things that happen in life are the least like rational things. It isn't normal. For, for what happens to happen. But to me, I, I don't think rationality should be ever be the default. I think truth should be the default. And what is true is 50% of the time, really, really weird. The Boston molasses disaster in 1912 when the giant tanker of molasses explodes and destroys the city in like 21 people die and a hundred something people get injured and molasses goes everywhere and fills the streets. It sounds like something out of like a Nickelodeon movie. It sounds like the fakest thing ever. And if you open a new tab right now and Google Boston molasses disaster, you'll see it. It's the most ridiculous thing and it happened. So that, that again, that's my mind frame. When I look at these things, when I look at these things about Joseph or Brigham Young or John Taylor or any of the miracles or anything in the Bible, I go, Yes, it's not as it's not as likely. But what is ever rational? You know what I'm saying? None of this is rational. like our world is not a rational world. So that's sort of my mind frame of it. but if if you are someone who is you emphasize the more common and the least extravagant, and you your mind frame is sometimes crazy things happen, and we're and but the normalcy is, kind of rational and mundane whereas my mind frame is you're lucky if you get something rational and mundane because everything else is crazy if you're more on the other side of that and you say i don't buy it well you know what i'm i'm still going to be your friend now i think the tension really comes in though when it's
0: all right so enough of enough of that so um and and i don't want to get into this Boston thing, whatever it was, the thing he asked us to Google, uh, when we looked it up after the show was over there, there actually is some rational explanations for what happened. And, uh, I think it was a horrible example that he used, but he basically says that 50% of the world is weird. 50% of the world is irrational. And I'm just going to tell you, I, I don't see that. That's not my, that's not my worldview. And imagine, imagine a world that we live in where we make room for the irrational to be the thing that we lead with the majority of the time. What if I walked in my house and there's no reason to say it, but I accuse my wife of having an affair? I walk over to my neighbor's house and I say, you know what, nothing's missing, but I know you broke into my house last night. Like we cannot live in a world where we allow things which we agree, because he's agreeing, things that we agree going like, hey, that seems crazy. It seems crazy that Joseph Smith is a prophet and he used predatory techniques on young girls that he coerced into being in his home. Um, We can't lead with that. It's not that sometimes a thing will be discovered to not be what the most rational answer was just in the moments prior. That does happen. It happens so rarely, though, that it would be batshit crazy, as Spencer Wright puts it, it'd be batshit crazy to lead with that conclusion. That's not how the world works. We go with the most rational answer. When a new piece of information comes in, and that new piece of information informs us that the Rational answer we had made up to that moment is no longer the most rational answer. We reserve the right to change our mind. That's how rational thinking works. And so I simply wanted to point out today that in this car ride, it would have been crazy if I would have said, because it didn't sound like fireworks. It would have been crazy if I would have made the assumption that it was fireworks on the front end. It would have been crazy if I came up with some reason that uh, would have required as much or more conjecture allowances like the leprechaun or even a man standing outside my car knelt down who's tampering with it. That would be irrational. Now, certainly those things can happen, not the leprechauns, but certainly these things can happen where you perceive you have a limited amount of information about a situation and the information that you have in the context of what's going on You're led to believe that a certain thing is happening. And then later on, you uh, gather either new information or somebody informed. In some way, you are taking in additional evidence. And that additional evidence imposes that your current answer is no longer the best answer. And then you change your mind. And I simply want you to know that as you go through your life, you do rational thinking everywhere. Now, we're not exactly rational beings. Um, There's a lot of science behind people and how much critical thinking they can do. And when somebody is attached to a belief, the ability to think critically about that thing or that issue becomes very clouded. Their judgment becomes very clouded. There's a lot of mechanisms in the brain that uh, impose on us to continue believing the comfortable belief that we that we hold. But for the most part, in our secular life, we use rational thinking all the time. We wake up in the morning, the alarm goes off. We don't think that it's uh, it's 10:30 uh, at night and we somehow slept through the day. Now, we probably have all done that once. We weren't feeling well. We went to bed at a certain time. We slept an extremely long amount of time. I remember being a kid and waking up. I went to take a nap in my room after school, and I wake up to the smell of breakfast. There's no doubt. Sausage, bacon, uh, French toast, whatever, eggs. And I could just tell, like, man, it's breakfast. I'm, oh, shit. I must have slept through the, the whole evening and then the whole night, and now here it is Morning. And I get up and I find out that my mom and dad were just cooking breakfast for dinner. Again, if I would have thought that through, it would have been the most rational answer, right? But that's not what happens sometimes. Our brains don't do that easy sometimes. But if you want to be the best kind of thinking human, you have to go with the most rational answer. And if you go with anything less, even the second most rational answer or the third most rational answer. You're being irrational because to be a rational thinker means you go with the best answer. Now, when you look at Mormonism and and you could look at Christianity and historical Jesus and all of that as well, if you wanted, but if you look at Mormonism and you, you go into, you know, just make a list, make a list of the top hundred problems in the hundred places where the historical context imposes that Mormonism is not what it claims to be believers will find some way to continue believing that, that they will figure out, like, I don't care that Joseph Smith did what looks like creepy things to young girls. I don't care what Brigham Young did to take over the church. I don't care about treasure digging and folk magic. I don't care about the problems of the book of Abraham. I don't care about seer stones and hats. I don't care about Joseph plagiarizing for the book of Moses or the new Bible translation. Uh, I don't care about any of that. All I care about is that the church has to be true somehow. So have faith, right? There are these there are these thought-stopping techniques that Mormons are good at. Have faith. God works in mysterious ways. We'll figure it out on the other side. Contentions of the devil. I don't know about those things. I just, I just know the church is true. But if you list it all and you go, let me be, let me be a critical thinker here. How bad are these really? If I want to go like, like, what's the most rational conclusion? Forget my emotional feelings because lots of people in all kinds of religions have emotional feelings about their, their belief system. So throw emotion out for a moment because we can be deceived so easily on emotion. And then make a list of those things and go, how much conjecture and allowances does this collective list require for Mormonism to end up still true? And hopefully, hopefully you recognize that, um, that you use critical thinking throughout your life everywhere. And the only places where you excuse away critical thinking skills is when a belief is super important to you. So there are folks who have their spouse cheating on them for years and they even see evidence that their spouse is cheating, but they inside their head need this marriage to work. And so they, they would tell you after the fact, they would go, I just didn't see it. It was there to see all along. And I just, I didn't want it to be true. And so I just didn't believe it. You know, people, uh, start to get sick and instead of going to a doctor to get, uh, healthcare and to seek out, uh, Medical advice on what it is they have, they just sit by in the in on their couch and just kind of wave it away, and then six months later they're in stage four cancer. So when things are important to us, they're crucial to our identity, to our well-being. Uh, Our brain does a lot of tricks in order to keep us believing those things. But you, my friend, you want to be a critical thinker. You want to think rationally. And once you start examining Mormonism on that level, and then going into other religious systems and looking at how irrational all of them are as well, start to notice what you would accept. Like, you wouldn't accept the Jehovah's Witnesses history. You would go, That's absurd. I'm not going to believe that. I wouldn't even give them a time of day. Their history is so crazy. You wouldn't give Scientology the time of day, because you know it's crazy on the front end. But because you're already invested in Mormonism, you're unwilling to really look at whether the problems are big, how big are they, and are they so overwhelming that they can't be overcome with the most rational answer. And they can't. The most rational answer is that Mormonism is not what it claims to be. And I could sit in a two-hour conversation on a single issue and demonstrate that to almost anyone. And if anybody wants to have that conversation, I would welcome it. I'm Bill Reel. This is another episode of Mormon Discussion. And uh, thank you very much. If you if you want to donate to the podcast, go to mormondiscussions.org or mormondiscussionsingularpodcast.org. Click the donate button. We'd very much appreciate it. I hope this is helpful to you. Uh, As you work out in your head how to think about things rather than worrying so much about the things you think about. In other words, we focus so much on a specific issue here or there in Mormonism. But really, the greater skill is to think critically and to recognize how you best can be a rational thinker. And then you'll start to notice really cool things happening in your inner world and your outer one.